Welcome back to For You and For Me, an alternative way to listen to Monsignor Karen Harrington's homilies. I'm Dave Plisky, and this past Sunday was the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading from Isaiah is part of his Invitation to Grace. The second reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippians on Thanksgiving and steadfastness in faith. And the Gospel reading is of Jesus' parable of the workers in the vineyard, according to St. Matthew. Monsignor's message is focused. We disappoint each other because of sin, and so, he proposes, the challenge for us is to learn forgiveness. We need God's mercy. We need to change. And we need to go to Mass not with the expectation of receiving something, but with thanks to God for the mercy He has bestowed on us. Good morning. So allow me to introduce Father Michael Ford. He is a Dominican father and he was here this uh, past week with the relics of saint jude on friday of course saint jude is the patron of impossible causes and uh, he was here uh, for veneration of the relic and to pray with us uh, last friday and so we want to welcome father michael to be with us I also want to uh, say hello to my former roommate before I was a priest. Uh, His name is Chris. He's here with his wife, Carrie, Molly, Mary, and Matthew. So don't ask him too many questions because I don't want him to tell too many stories before I was a priest. Uh, I think about uh, these readings uh, several... uh, I have a, a friend of mine who I have not spoken to in a very, very long time. Very, very long time. And uh, he called me and he was very, very upset. Uh, His uh, son had just gone off to college and uh, he was feeling uh, very low as his son had gone off to college. And the reason why he was feeling low is, is because he and his own father had been very, very, very close throughout his whole life. He really looked up to his father. He thought his father was the greatest man in the world. Uh, And then it was discovered that his father really had a double life. The man he knew was not the man who he was. And the confrontation of his father's double life challenged him at his core. Uh, And his parents' marriage had broken up after many, many years, and a lot of things were discovered that he probably would prefer not to have known. And as he was sending his son off to college, He was thinking about his own father who had died, and he was thinking about his relationship with his father, and what he was most concerned about was, of course, not disappointing his son in the same way that he was disappointed by his father. That's something that we can all relate to on some different, different levels. But in my conversation with him, I said, the first thing you got to know is you're probably going to disappoint your son. This is part of life. Life involves sin, so to one extent or another, your son is at some point going to be disappointed. Maybe he's going to find out you're not as smart as you thought he was. Maybe he's going to find that you're not as strong as you thought. Maybe there's going to be weakness. Whatever it might be, you're going to be disappointed. So really the challenge for you in dealing with your son is to teach him how to forgive you. And maybe that begins by forgiving your own father. This is, I think, at the crooks of what we're hearing in the scriptures. Notice if you're listening to glory to God in the highest. We sing this song every Sunday. 
We're singing the song, Glory to God in the Highest. Every Sunday, except for Advent and Lent, we're singing Glory to God, Glory to God, Glory to God. And what are we glorifying him for? That God is forgiving and merciful to us because we're in need of his mercy and his forgiveness. One of the challenges that we have in the current age is, is that everything, everything in the society is forgiven. Everything is forgiven. There are sort of no taboos anymore. But everything is accepted, but nothing is forgiven. We don't see ourselves in need of God's mercy and God's forgiveness. And this then becomes a challenge because we can't approach and ask for forgiveness. And what happens? God wants to give forgiveness because what happens when we forgive? We are transformed in our forgiveness. As I said to my friend, I said, your father, he is dead. He is in glory. All things have been revealed now. If all things have been revealed to him, your anger towards him is not hurting your dad. It's hurting you. This is what is the challenge for us, is that our anger, our inability to forgive, it doesn't hurt God. It hurts us. It doesn't hurt the person whom we are directing our hostility towards. It hurts us. And so God always is seeking reconciliation with you and me. Notice the parable we hear, right? Even the one who comes at the very last hour, even at the very last hour, God is offering his mercy and forgiveness to you and to me. This then should be a cause of reflection. You know, my friend, his father was very religious. He was a very religious man. They came to church every Sunday. They practiced their faith in a very, in a very robust way. And my friend was saying, I don't know if my father is in heaven. Now that's a big question. I don't think too many of us ask the question about, am I going to heaven? This is the question we sometimes ask ourselves. And yet, what is it that we have to rely on? It's God's mercy and his forgiveness. See, the truth of the matter is when you and I, when we get angry, we may say, I hope he goes to hell. In fact, what's the expression? Go to hell. Think about that. But that's not what God wants. God wants us always to go to heaven. God wants us to go to heaven. And so what I would challenge you to think about is maybe there's an alienated relationship in your life, and maybe there's a lot of anger and frustration that you've directed towards somebody. Maybe the starting point is not to expect that your feeling, your sentiment is going to change, because if you've been betrayed, you're always going to feel betrayed. But the starting point is to pray for somebody. And in praying for them, it's then that the sentiment will begin to change in your life. The scriptures here are important for us because what we hear is, is the need to change. See, we very often want the consolation of our Christian faith. We want the consolation of our Christian faith in those moments where we're experiencing distress and hardship. We want the consolation of Jesus. But very often, we're unprepared for what that consolation really requires of us. 
And what that consolation requires is this metanoia, conversion, that when we have experienced God's mercy, we seek to express God's mercy to others, because it's in expressing God's mercy that we are transformed. We become more like Christ. And the fact of the matter is, is that is a suffering. This is a, a kenosis of sorts, a suffering. And that's what I think we can understand a little bit about St. Paul. Right? St. Paul is saying, I can't wait for glory. I can't wait to be with the Lord. But here I am in the flesh, and I have some more work to do. And the work that he has to do, and which you and I, which we have to do, is to join our lives to his, so that we might live more like Christ and present more like Christ so many more people can come to see Christ because the fact of the matter is is that the only way people come to know Christ is because of your example. The truth is, is people can't understand Christ's forgiveness if they do not see it modeled in your life as Christians. If you have been able to accept Christ in a personal way into your life and you have accepted his mercy, and you have accepted the, the, his power into your life, then you're called, and I am called, to manifest that as we go through these doors. You come to church this morning. Why? Not to get something out of Mass. You do not come here to get something out of Mass. This is not a transaction. I give you something, you put something in the collection, I give you something back. It gets me crazy when I hear people say, I got to get something out of Mass. No, you don't got to get something out of Mass. You got to put something into Mass. You know what you got to put into Mass? Mass means, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. I've got to cultivate a spirit of Thanksgiving in my life because I have received God's mercy. And as I cultivate that spirit of Thanksgiving in my life, thanksgiving for what God has done for me and his mercy that he has expressed to me, then when I go out of the doors into this place, I bestow that same mercy upon the world. In the difficult places, in my family, with someone who has betrayed me, at the workplace where my boss is a jerk or a coworker has, is a slacker or an underling is an underperformer, my neighbor, who's a nuisance. It's in that practical way that one manifests Christ, who has suffered and died and poured out his mercy for you and for me, that the world is converted. May God bless you. Our anger, our inability to forgive, doesn't hurt God, it hurts us. Powerful words, Monsignor. And as Monsignor said, the starting point on the path to forgiveness is to pray for somebody. I think this is worth doing right now. For You and For Me is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Ask us questions by tweeting at Monsignor H or by emailing podcast at desalesmedia.org. Until next week, for Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by for You and For Me.